Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. And welcome to Disciple Making. My name is Darren Wright. I'm here with Tim Beadle, and this is the inaugural, the first, the premiere. I, I was checking my Cree. It's Payuk, which is uh, number one. There's there actually a, a chain of lakes we canoed in northern Manitoba. It was Payuk, Niso, Nisto, Nianan, and it was one, two, three, four, all the way through to I think 12 or 13 or 14. And the, la- the lakes were all named by number. So this is this is podcast Payuk. And uh, next week will be podcast Niso <laughs> in Cree. So anyway, it's good to be here. And uh, this is a podcast to explore and grow and catalyze disciple making. And uh, just right out of the gate, uh, we're going to have a couple of episodes here where we explain who we are and where we're coming from. And uh, I'd like to say hi to Tim. Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's great to partner on this. I think this is going to be going to be good for both of us and hopefully for the kingdom so right out of the gate, let's just launch into it. Your your email address, which I saw, you know, many That's years right. ago now, is I make disciples, which which sends a pretty strong message that that is a passion, that is something you you do and want to do and grow in. And so uh, maybe just share your your story of how you came to the place of maybe initially faith, but ultimately becoming a disciple who wants to make disciples. What what have been the key steps along the way there that you can share? With us. Yeah, thanks, Darren. Yeah, yeah, I was raised in the church, just as many of our listeners would have been, and uh, sort of grew up in the traditional program-based church, where you you know go to Sunday school, youth group, and then if you're a musician, you get into the music stuff, and uh, otherwise, you just get into the general population of the church. I went off to Bible college, had a, a strong calling, as I continue to do today, in terms of uh, pastoral ministry, uh, but I had a real... Uh, God moment around five years ago uh, when I was diagnosed uh, with terminal cancer. So I have a chronic form of leukemia and lymphoma. I, uh, I'm 60 years of age. And so you think, man, uh, what legacy do I want to leave, uh, you know, for the generations to follow? And so uh, the Lord and I had some some good talks about that. And uh, the Lord confronted me and said, why don't we just go back to the Bible Look at Jesus, and if you claim to be a Christ follower, as I do, uh, what did Jesus leave for his followers as a legacy for them to commit to and to actually fulfill, uh, to bring him glory? And uh, the more and more as I went back to Scripture and uh, a growing burden on my heart, uh, obviously uh, focus on the Great Commission. We are to go and make disciples of all nations, but that's plastered on many a church bulletin and, and uh, lobby wall. But it, it's been my experience, Darren, that uh, I haven't seen or experienced that uh, throughout my pastoral career. Oh. Uh, it wasn't uh, like making disciples, uh, you know, whatever that means. We sort of uh, give it the, the term discipleship, which really, uh, in my understanding, involves any ministry that helps bring someone to maturity in Christ. Right. You think of Paul in, in Colossians when he talks about bringing everyone and presenting them mature in Christ. However, uh, my deeper understanding is that disciples are to make disciples who make disciples. And it's actually a, a movement of multiplication. Mm-hmm. You know, right now in the world, um, people know 
how a COVID virus spreads exponentially. The, the contagious uh, nature of it is phenomenal. We can count how many people have caught the virus. And actually, some people get the virus and they don't know how they caught it. It, it sort of caught them. And I believe when that when Jesus looked into the eyes and hearts of his followers on that Galilean hillside 2,000 years ago, he intended his words of commission were actually were a command to obey. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go into the world and make disciples. And he had spent... You know, his ministry with those he had called unto himself, teaching them how to do that. He had sent them out to practice that. And yet, unfortunately, uh, you know, I, when I was going to Bible college, they always talked about the sleeping church. The giant is the sleeping, uh, or the church is a sleeping giant. And I always wondered what that meant. But, you know, I, I really believe <laughs> that the, the church is caught asleep at the wheel in terms of it's commitment to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. There's a lot of great things going on in our churches. But there's very little evidence of fruit that we are actually fully obeying the words of Jesus. And, uh, you know, in First John it says, if you claim to be in Jesus and to follow him, you must walk as he did. Hmm. And therefore I have this uh, growing a desire and conviction in my life to become a discipler and a, a disciple maker. So, so back five years ago, the, the Lord said, uh, let's take a look at your disciple making family tree. You know, we can always uh, sort of uh, sketch out our chronological genealogical family tree. You know, I got four kids and five grandkids and I know where I came from. But in terms of a spiritual heritage, in terms of disciple making, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but but my family tree looked little more than a telephone pole. <laughs> a telephone pole. A telephone pole is, uh, it'll never reproduce. Uh, it's been stripped of all its branches. You know, it's socially connected. That's what a telephone pole is for. But <laughs> but my life now, look, I've, I've led people to the Lord and I've discipled uh, probably hundreds of them in, in terms of programs in the church but not to the point that they went and did it with someone else, another generation to the second and third and fourth generations of disciple makers. And so I was uh, embarrassed. I was, you know, at that time, uh, a denominational leader. And I decided to um, put it out there. And uh, I thought if I, if I can tell my story to people and say, like, I'm embarrassed to say it, but this is the reality of my life Hmm. that others would say, you know what? My spiritual legacy right now is like a, like a telephone pole. And uh, it's amazing how God has revolutionized my life uh, in these last years. Second uh, Corinthians uh, 5.16 says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. And so when I regard people now, I, I always consider where they are spiritually. And uh, if they know Christ... Uh, are they growing in Christ to the point that one day they, when they're mature fully, that they will be able to multiply and parent those who are yet to grow to maturity. And for those who do not yet know Christ, I I have an evangelistic passion. You know, it it just bothers me that within a stone's throw of where I'm uh, sharing today in, 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 in this church office, there are people who are heading towards a Christless eternity Mm -hmm. 
And and that breaks my heart because lost people matter to God and they matter to me. So uh, all of a sudden, uh, this this uh, verse seized me so that no longer do I just regard people as the world would, you know, their socioeconomic standing, even their physical appearance, uh, what things they have in life, where they go for holidays, but foundationally where they are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And based on that, uh, my life and ministry is fashioned around what the needs of people are to find Christ and then to grow to maturity in him. So so that that's sort of a, a summation of uh what has brought me to this point. It's it's and and even in the wisdom of God now that our our paths have crossed, I've sort of known of you these past few years. I've I've got a copy of your book, you know, the DNA of a Christ follower. But uh you know, we spoke months ago just because of a, a pastoral opening that one of my pastors was looking at. And here we are a few months later talking about the thing that just claims our affection and uh, grips our heart. So uh, it's great to be along and uh, to develop with you a, a series of uh, podcasts that will be down to earth, practical, and uh, it'll be challenging. Uh, the people would be challenged as I have been challenged as well. Yeah, well, two things from that. Just just back to the the telephone pole metaphor. It is such a stark, vivid picture. You know, the thought of a spiritual life that looks like a telephone pole, and and to have the honesty and humility to say that is what my life looks like. You know, as I as I've been evaluating my disciple making life, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, you know, if if I if I, uh, you know, fudge a little bit, I can maybe say I'm a telephone pole with a branch jammed into one of the cracks or something, you know? There you uh, go. Yeah, it is, it is such a high calling. And it is, it is so far beyond what the typical calling is uh, often made to people. We, we call people to, quote, come to church or to accept Christ. But there's very even rarely a call to even become a disciple, you know, right. fully, you know, follow Jesus, much less reproduce as a disciple who makes disciples yeah. and there's reproduction and multiplication. And I think, you know, some, some people get pretty good at the reproduction side, but it's the multiplication side where the bottleneck really is for sure. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I should go on to say that uh, because of that uh, enlightening confrontation by the Lord of my uh, uh, disciple making family tree, I immediately uh, spoke to my pastor and I said, can you give me three men who I can meet with for the next year? We met every month for a year. Uh, with the understanding is in a year from now, we're going to get this all figured out and we're going to go and do it with others. And so my uh, my uh, disciple-making family tree is a telephone pole no longer. Oh, amen. <laughs> uh, you know, so I met with these three guys and then uh, they, they went in some struggle to, to find an audience for what they want to do. Others are meeting with others. So that's because I wasn't a disciple-maker until they went and engaged someone else in this process. And uh, the thrill of my heart is now I'm actually working with another church. I, I met with their men's uh, group a year ago and their elders. And then I met with the leadership team. And now that entire church is committed to becoming a disciple-making church. Now, if that goes through, you know, I, I'm going to have dozens and dozens of branches coming out of my telephone pole. But, you know, most importantly, after I sort of uh, – met with these three guys uh, that I love for, for a year. I said, you know what? I want to go back and revisit this principle with my children. Mm -hmm. So my second year was to, at the level of their willingness and readiness, to actually engage them in an understanding 
of the legacy that Jesus has left with us and his spirit who leads us, who lives within us. Uh, I haven't had more delight or pleasure in my spiritual life than I really committed my life to becoming a disciple maker. Wow. So, yeah, so that sort of sums it up. I, I wanted to add that last little bit to say I'm a, I'm a telephone pole no more. So <laughs> that's, that's really good. And, and so, uh, you know, that, this, that's a great intro, Tim. And I like that your, your response was so concrete. You know, it wasn't just, you know, learn more, read more, go to another conference, but actually grab some guys and get down to business. And, you know, for someone, for someone who wants to move from being a, you know, regular uh, church sitting Christian, or even someone who's done some evangelism, but wants to move into being a disciple who makes disciples, what, what would you say? What's the next couple of steps for them? Well, first of all, a commitment to this, that if you aren't living it, you can't lead it. I, th I think that's pretty profound. There's a lot of experts out there who are teaching stuff, but but you don't see it lived out in their life. And, and Jesus came to earth, you know, our incarnate uh, Savior who came to live with us and show us practically how this works. Yeah. And uh, he, he lived out of his full humanity, obviously fully God, fully man. But, but he showed those who would follow him uh, what this is all about. You know, one of the most amazing passages in uh, John 17, uh, verse 4, this is before Jesus has died and resurrected, of course. And Jesus says to the Father, Father, I brought you glory on earth by completing all the work you've given me to do. Hmm. Now, now that could be, uh, you know, troubling because he hasn't died yet. And isn't that why he came? Well, of course, Jesus came to to provide a way to the Father through his death and our acceptance of that. However, Another major part of Jesus' life and the strategy in his ministry was to call unto himself, like, like in Matthew 4, you know, where he says, come follow me to the fisherman. Come follow me, and I'm going to change your life. I, I, I'm going to make you into something that you're not yet, into fishers of men. Uh, that's where the call into his ministry team started. And then before... Uh, he returned to the Father. He says, I've chosen and appointed you. This is in uh, John 15, uh, verse 16. He says, I've chosen and appointed you to go and bear fruit, much fruit. This is to my Father's glory, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, a lot of people, when they say the word fruit, they think about spiritual gifts, and, and that's important. That That's sort of the, the fruit of our character. And then you'll know a tree by its fruit. Uh, that's sort of the, the, the fruit of conduct. But the fruit of the Great Commission can only be seen in a legacy of disciples who make disciples. You know, I, I spent a lot of time uh, outside of the big city, although I'm a city boy in, in rural Alberta, as it were. And uh, I've noticed that when you go to a farm, you know, farms do not produce sheep. Hmm. Sheep produce sheep. Right. Now, farms are a wonderful environment for sheep to be fed and cared and nurtured, but only sheep create sheep. In the same way, you know, Darren, in our churches, churches and our programs don't produce disciple makers. They help in the maturation. We get fed by the word. We have uh, the warmth of fellowship, but there has to be a commitment to understand in our spiritual design that we were created just as physically we can procreate that when God says, be fruitful and multiply, uh, we are expected to, and given the ability and capacity through his spirit, 
to participate with him in spiritual multiplication. And it's a thrilling journey to take. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, that's, I think that's a really good start, Tim. I, I love your passion. I love the, the snippet of your journey you've shared. We'll, we'll certainly hear more about that down the line. If people want to learn more about you, we hear more about you, where, where should we point them? Well, as, as you said, I, I took a bold step and I, and I put a, I put a uh, email uh, address out there. I make disciples at gmail.com is, is how you can connect with me. If you just want to talk, uh, if you do email me and I respond, uh, you'll be taken to a link. Uh, a, few, a couple of years ago, I, I made, uh, you've heard of Ted talks on, uh, on, on the computer, on the internet. I created uh, a f- over a dozen Tim Talks. They're five-minute talks on disciple-making. Tim Talks disciple-making. And then there are five coaching questions at the end of those uh, to get you along the pathway. And really, I'm reflecting on the journey that I've taken, hmm. right from the telepo- uh, telephone pole uh, syndrome, right through to my last, uh, one of the last videos where I said, I'm finally a disciple-maker. Hmm. Uh, because I talk about the story of uh, Jerry and Jesse and Brad who joined with me. And uh, that's how you can get a, a hold of me. Uh, how about for you, if, if people want to connect with, with you, Darren? Yeah, they can, they can find me at darrenride.com. And pretty much everything I do links through that. It's D-A-R-E-N-W-R-I-D-E. And also, I would mention that I, I, uh, when I saw your email address, I checked out the .com on that. So I grabbed imakedisciples.com, and that's a gift to you. Well, thank and, you. Uh, that thank currently you. redirects to your YouTube channel. It might okay. redirect somewhere else in the future, but imakedisciples.com, they will find you. Or they can just email you at imakedisciples at gmail.com. So, That's well, this great. has been outstanding. Uh, start, Tim. Look forward to getting together before too long and uh, continuing this journey. It's the greatest adventure that God has called us to. Yeah, thanks, Darren. Amen. God bless. Yeah. You too.